Hey everyone, welcome to the Coven Style Podcast. I'm your host, Mother and Kay, also known as Nuraya Khan, a current college student, cat mom, writer, and aspiring therapist. Each week you can join me in a discussion of how to cope in style by channeling the divine creative. Today we will be digging into what we all can learn from the Netflix film Malcolm and Marie. So grab some tea of your choice and let's get into it. First, I would like to shout out the writer and director of this film, Sam Levinson, who is also known for creating the HBO series Euphoria, as well as being a part of Another Happy Day, Assassination Nation, Operation Endgame, and The Wizard of Lies. And another notable mention, this film was actually the first to be produced during COVID-19, so shout out to them. But I also want to first address the importance of this film. I love the subtle remarks that were added to highlight how black films can be cornered into this box of being a racial political statement, as they said, instead of just being a story. So I loved how it was just a movie about the hardships in this particular couple's relationship. Like it wasn't, it didn't, well, it didn't feel to me so much about black love. It was just about love. It's just a story about their love. And I really really love that so now I think it's important for us to just give a round of applause for the cinematography for the acting for the script and for the realness of this film I've never been a fan of black and white like every time I would see it It would always be on our childhood shows and it was always that one episode on Halloween and it was like, okay, like this is unnecessary. We've seen this a hundred times. And so like black and white was never a like, ooh, let me watch this. Every time I saw it, I'd be like, I'm not watching this. I'm out. You think I'm about to, I'm not watching this. Look, I'm tired of it. But for this film in particular, I really feel like it worked like the black and white really helped me focus on the story and the things that this couple was going through so i really actually liked the black and white it was all very aesthetically pleasing visually the house the decor like it complemented the story so 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 well so i was really just in love with the aesthetic period The next thing that I want to talk about is the acting. Like, I felt like such a proud mom watching Zendaya play out this role as a grown woman. Like, we've seen her in the Disney shows. We've seen her in Spider-Man. We've seen her level up in Euphoria. But this movie was like some grown woman shit. And I was like, wow, okay, Zendaya. I remember when they both started posting it. I think it was in August. It was around the summertime, I think, I believe. 
But when I first saw that she was going to be in a film like this, I was like, oh, okay, I'm excited. Like, I, I am so happy that she's pushing past the limits of, you know, what everybody expects of her. They see her as this very young woman who usually plays, you know, high schoolers, just young people in general. So for her to play a grown woman is like so, so necessary for her growth. And I'm so glad that she executed this very well. And as for John David Washington, we already know he eats, you know, he is the heir to the acting throne, like, it's what he has to do, you know, and he did it, because I know y'all heard the crack of the voice when he was yelling at her in passion, when he was talking about his movie out of passion, you heard the crack of the voice, and I know you heard it, I know y'all saw the lip quiver Zendaya did in that bathtub, I know y'all heard it, I know y'all saw it, and I know y'all watched it, okay? And if you didn't watch the movie, go watch the movie. It's a nice little movie. Just turn your phone off, relax, and just enjoy it. It can be a little frustrating at times, but it is what it is. But the next thing I want to appreciate is the script. Who wrote it? We already know who wrote it, but who wrote it? Sam. Sam Levinson, wow. I really love the cycle of the highs and lows in the movie. Like, it was, it just seemed like a real ass argument. Like, that that shit happens. They they went from coming home from the, the premiere night and just, you know, chilling, goes into her addressing a feeling, which turned into a conversation, which went into an argument, which was turned into a fight. That was really, um, that was, the fight was on Malcolm, like, at each time. He always had to escalate the situation, but we'll get into that later, but yeah, and then after the fight, they would come back together, and then they would be chilling, and then they did it, the whole thing again, and that cycle went on for, like, that cycle went on for, like, two to three times maybe four maybe four I don't know I didn't count but it was very repetitive but I feel like it was really real because each cycle they got closer and closer to the real honesty at the end which goes into the realness of the film it wasn't just an ordinary love story it wasn't cheesy it was exhausting, but it was compelling. It was hurtful, but it was desirable. It was just real. Like it just was telling the realness of, you know, of a of a relationship and how hard love can be. So I really, really just enjoyed watching this film, and I think I had to give a round of applause for those four elements before I got into it. Now, while you guys were watching this, did anybody feel personally attacked? Because I definitely did. And the things that really stood out to me were accountability, emotional responsibility, vulnerability, and most importantly, communication. Effective communication at that. Like, when the first, when the movie first started, I was like, okay, like, why is she bringing this up on the premiere night like why 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 tonight you know i was like um this is not 
this is not the time. And then she started explaining, you know, how she feels. And I was like, oh, okay, yes, bring this up. Let him know. And then as he began to explain his side, I was like, oh, okay, so she has some faults here too. She a little crazy too. And then as I kept watching the movie and I watched it progress and I was like, okay, so it's really not about sides here. There is no right or wrong side. I just feel like we're really just supposed to focus on them as a couple, as just looking at their relationship as a whole and not looking at them individually, which I think individuality is kind of their biggest struggle here. I also think they struggled with the communication of both of their love languages. Now, when I was watching it, I was like trying to figure out what I think their love languages would be. And so I definitely feel like Malcolm's was acts of service so much that he just expected her to fulfill his demands while neglecting her love language, which I feel like it's words of affirmation. Like she literally just wanted to be appreciated for loving him and, you know, providing for him. So it was a simple misunderstanding, but got so complicated with with the lack of communication, which I think is was really highlighted with two quotes that Marie said towards the end of the movie. And the first one was, how can I be a better partner? Which she said in regards to wanting Malcolm to ask this for himself so that he can better accommodate to her emotional needs. But I also think this was a question that she kind of had to ask herself, ask herself before she could even have this conversation with him because she's been holding all of this back for a long time as they as he was you know writing this this film and creating this film making it happen and she's finally using her communication skills to let him know how she feels and i feel like that's how she can be a better partner in the way that he can be a pet be a better partner goes into the next quote which is just thank you for loving me which she, oh my god y'all I am so sorry I cannot talk which she said when <laughs> when she went on her whole little rant of what she thinks what she needs him to be thankful for that she does I said that kind of weird but yeah, you get the point. She just wanted him to be thankful for the things that she does. She just wanted him to be thankful for her loving him, I think. And it was it was such a simple thing. But it was just interesting how this all played out throughout the movie. And I kind of noticed this cycle of, you know, navigating emotions. And I've mentioned this before on my Instagram and on my blog and this is just reflect, release, recharge. So for the first one, reflect, which is just acknowledging how you're feeling. Marie feels a way about the movie, so you can literally physically tell that something is wrong. She's allowing herself to feel these emotions. And then two, release, let it be free by communicating with your partner or writing it down. So she's addressing it to Malcolm, which sparks that conversation that turns into the argument, that turns into the fight. 
And then they eventually come back to number three, which is just recharge, come back to the present. They come back to each other every time because they are just simply in love because they have that love for each other. So they just keep coming back and they have these cute little moments that remind you of like why they're together. It reminds you of the chemistry that they have and it kind of makes you root for them to get better. And I think... You know, as they go throughout these cycles, they get closer and closer to that, that moment of honesty when she was just like, why didn't you cast me? And she admitted to just wanting to be able to tell her story, but it seemed like she just wanted him to want her to tell her story. Like she wanted that that validation of his appreciation for her, I feel like. So I think that actually goes back to why I think her love language is words of affirmation and then at the end when she was like I just want you to be thankful I just want you to say thank you I think I haven't seen it like it's been like two days but yeah she just wanted to be appreciated and you know when they were fighting you could tell how their egos was getting so in the way of effective communication which I think goes into individuality and relationships I feel like that's more for the self and when it comes to relationships you really have to be a part of that collective bond so letting go of the ego so that you're able to be vulnerable and taking responsibility to the emotional needs of your partner and yourself and then communicating effectively so that you're able to create a healthy mutual middle ground and accountability to regulate how you can be a better partner, friend, or family member in general. But, you know, the power and collectivity is only the result of healthy relationships, and they didn't have that collective, strong bond. They were very individualistic, and Marie, for Marie, it was holding back what she wanted for herself, which was to play out her own story, you know? She wanted to be involved but she didn't communicate that to Malcolm and let him know that this is what she wants. She wanted his appreciation more. And for Malcolm, he just wanted somebody to be there and stand by his side as he's doing, you know, fulfilling his dreams. So, yeah. In general, I do think that this was a very enjoyable movie. I really loved it. I think... Like I was saying before, the visual aesthetics of the movie really helped me tolerate the frustration of just watching them go through the same cycles. But like I also said, it was just so real and it's refreshing to see something so relatable and, you know, something that we see in our own reality. But the question is, what can we all take away from this? And the first one is what I was just talking about, and that was individuality and how to, you know, suppress that and move on to a collect, move on from individuality to collectivity in relationships. Individuality, like I said, is more for the self. So you have to take that emotional responsibility of being involved with somebody else and be accountable for your actions and, you know, learn how to be vulnerable with that person and how 
to trust them with your vulnerability and you do that with effective communication so i think that's definitely something we all can take away from the film and two is the cycle that i was referring to earlier which is reflect release recharge i think this is just a really great way to release all of your emotions in a healthy and manageable way I feel like we can get so caught up in piling those unwanted emotions up so we have moments like they did in the film where everything is coming out at once and it's very overwhelming and it can be very overbearing for the person who is taking in all of this for the first time and they're wondering like why didn't you just communicate this with me and you're like well I'm communicating it with you now and then you have this big thing that you have to handle all at once so I feel like that cycle of reflect release recharge is definitely a good way to navigate your emotions in a healthy and manageable way and lastly is just simply loving yourself first I feel like the relationship you have with yourself affects all the relationships that you have with other people so you know if you're constantly finding yourself in these hardships in all your relationships whether that's romantic or just friendships or even family maybe it's time to just look at yourself and notice how you love yourself i saw something interesting i think it was on pinterest twitter or tiktok or something and it was just like do you even follow your own love language to love yourself? And I was like, wow, that's such a good thought. Um, My love language is quality time, which explains why I love being by myself all the time. I love just chilling by myself. And, you know, if this is something that you haven't thought about, then maybe try to figure out what your love language is. You can get the book, that, that famous book that everybody knows about, or you could just, you know, do a quick little Google search love language quiz and take the quiz to figure out what your love language is what your friends love languages are your family your romantic partner if you have one just so we're all better equipped to love each other and love ourselves i think is very important now i would like to take a moment to assign some coping homework for you guys this week I will be doing the coping homework as well every week so we all can cope together. But the first one is the cycle homework. So this is referring to reflect, release, recharge. Whenever you begin to feel an unwanted emotion arise, instead of pushing it away, just allow it to exist. Allow yourself to just feel it fully. Even if you're you know, projecting that physically, other people can see that you're feeling this way, just allow yourself to feel it because you know you don't want it to recycle and pile back on for you to manage another time or for, for it to blow up in your face at another time. Just allow yourself to feel it fully and then release it in any way that feels suitable to you, whether it's writing, verbally, speaking it, painting, taking a picture, scrapbooking, or making a playlist, just whatever feels suitable to you, but just make sure it's 
in a healthy manner and isn't causing harm to other people. And then just take a moment to recharge yourself in the present moment with meditation or mindfulness or just relaxing. Do whatever your body feels it needs, whatever your mind feels it needs, whatever your spirit feels it needs. Just listen to yourself. If you need to take a day to just relax, turn your phone off, not do anything, take a self-care day, then do that. If you just need to take a moment to just, you know, walk away from the screen, walk away from people, then do that. Just do whatever feels necessary. I know not everybody is up for the traditional way of meditation, sitting down, crossing your legs, humming, you know. I'm not even up for that all the time. It's not my thing all the time. So it's very understandable to do whatever is suitable for you. I was watching this interview with Janae Aiko, I believe, and she was just explaining one of the meditations that she likes to do, and it's something that we do every single day when we drive, and I believe it's called the red traffic light meditation. I'm not too sure, but if you look that up, then it'll come up, and it was basically, you know, how you're driving, and sometimes you can get caught up at a red light and you get very irritated and frustrated especially when you have a place to go but in reality you can't change that the light is red so she was saying how you can just take that moment to focus on your breathing focus on the present and you know find that moment of inner peace and then once the light changes you move on with your life and with your day and I think that's that's a really nice example of how literally you can turn anything into an exercise of mindfulness or meditation with mean with mindful intent. So keep that in mind. Now this goes into the next assignment, which is just a writing exercise. This week in my writing class, we have to write about our senses and the emotions and experiences that come with them. So I want you to take a moment out of your day or the week and just sit down and write about what it is like to be present in that moment using your senses. So what are you feeling? What do you see? How does it smell? What do you taste? What do you hear? And see what comes out and how that makes you feel. I also think it can be really interesting on, it can be really interesting to reflect on how easy it is for you to focus and take this moment for yourself and channel channel um, one sense at a time to see how you're hearing something or how you're smelling something or see if it's really hard. I feel like that can really let you know what kind of state of mind you're in. Do you have a very overactive mind or do you have a very peaceful mind or are you like in between? That can tell you a lot about yourself and I think that could be very interesting. That is my cat aura. <sighs> Let's get back to it. Um, the last one is loving yourself for V-Day. Valentine's Day has always been my favorite holiday, not because I would have somebody to spend the day with or not because of 
me hanging out with other people. It was literally just my cat. My cat. Okay. Okay, we're good. So, anyways, I had to put her outside because she was doing way too much. What I'm trying to say is that loving yourself for Valentine's Day is very important because, like we discussed earlier, your relationships that you have with others all stem from the love that you have with yourself. So, the assignment that I want you to do is to write down 28 things that you love about yourself and don't stop until you until you finish like sit there until you've written down all 28 things and i want you to reflect on how easy or how hard it was for you to write down this list because this can tell you the state of your self-esteem so if it was very easy for you to write down this list and that can tell you that you have a very confident self-esteem and if it was a struggle for you then <clears throat> it can tell you that you know you may need to work on your self-esteem you need to work on your confidence and this list will definitely be something that can help you and it will show you the things that you like about yourself so you can keep this list and you can refer back to it whenever you're feeling self-doubt insecure you can look at it as your morning affirmation or your nightly affirmation or just whenever you feel the need to give yourself a little boost. So the way that I see it, Valentine's Day is about celebrating love, whether that's romantic love, love for the self, or love for your friends and family. This holiday has definitely been romanticized, but if you're someone who is single or alone on V-Day, then that doesn't mean shit, to be honest. You can still have a loving day by just celebrating yourself or chilling with your friends. Don't make it into something negative when it's simply unnecessary. Focus on the love that is already present in your life and appreciate that because some people don't have it. And love is love, okay? No matter what form it is, appreciate and celebrate the love that you have in your life. Romantic love shouldn't really be rushed anyway. It shouldn't be rushed or forced. It'll come on its own time. You constantly worrying about romantic love and finding romantic love is only pushing you away from love itself. So keep that in mind. I also think platonic relationships are so underestimated. I feel like we get into a habit of meeting someone that we have a connection with and instantly start think, starting to think about how far it can go or why this person came into my life or what do they have to offer me, which is all natural thoughts, by the way. But I think it is important to sit back and just enjoy the connection for what it is and to allow time and nature to run its course. Effective communication, vulnerability, accountability, and emotional responsibility is everything here. So, in conclusion, love is hard and hurtful, but it's also very compelling and desirable when the relationship is healthy. So remember that it all starts with the self. It is never too late to hold yourself accountable, to learn how to be vulnerable, to be emotionally responsible, and to communicate effectively. In fact, it can be the very thing you need to fix the relationship with yourself as well as the relationship that you have with others. 
this is the end of the episode so make sure to follow at coping styles with a z on instagram as well as subscribe to my blog at withmotherandk.com thank you for taking this time to cope with me and let me know how the coping homework plays out for you always with love mother and Kay.